I bet the government would prefer you wouldn't remember what happened. Don't worry, Johnny's got the facts. You didn't happen to see where anyone went. Ari disappeared and then Seep and Merog ran off together. Oh no, no, Ignis. Get up. <laughs> Ari Green! The apotheosis move is a move you can take advanced as a hex. Uh, you enter a state where you have immense power and zero interest in the well-being of other people. Until next time, Jack. The world's full of different opinions. You gotta be able to see someone else's point of view, and while you think it's wrong, there's a reason why they think it's right, and it's finding that middle ground. The normal and the weird are about to collide, and there's nothing we can do about it. We need to get the normal people and the weird people on the same page. We gotta get these people talking. They're earlier than I thought they'd be. We gotta get back home. We do find a small slip of paper that has an address. It just has two letters above it. It says HQ. This is the best day of my life. <laughs> well, it only gets better because we're going on a trip. There is a slight indentation of a cross etched into the door. So Johnny and I will just load the car as many regular weapons as we can. To destroy everything and rebuild it, maybe not in chaos, but rebuild it the way that Ari Green would want it. You could be the hero of the new world. What do you do? Life with my parents start to come into my head and a life with Ray and Loretta growing up together and Sarah and her father and her mother. And if I could rewrite the world in that way, I think I'm going to do everything I can to make that happen. So, Sarah, what do you do with Johnny and the weapon cache? That your carload of weapons? Do you bring it straight? I mean, yeah, we're going straight back. It's not safe to hang out in Wild Bite City <laughs> with with our Wild Bite City. I was about to say that's my favorite right? Kiss album. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. Oh man. Okay, then I think that Ray and Sarah. Somehow, you arrive back at the retreat at the same time, for simplicity's sake. There's traffic. There's a wreck coming back. Ah, so there it like, is. And I'm stuck in the car with Johnny for five and a half hours. <laughs> and he is ranting to you about conspiracy theories the whole time. I need to talk to him anyway. Okay, uh, yeah, sure. Then, yeah, you guys are stuck in some mondo tallahassee traffic because tallahassee is the largest city in the southeast is it really no no it definitely oh <laughs> atlanta is we, where our atlanta. home is is the largest city in the southeast <laughs> i don't know that it's top three largest cities in florida i know that's why i was like what <laughs>
Don't confuse But in me. our fiction, it's a brawling metropolis that Detective Gerber waxes poetic about in black and white film. Nashville is also a very... <laughs> okay, Eddie. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, you're stuck in Tallahassee traffic. Sarah, you're telling me you think that there was wind on the moon? The flag couldn't be blowing. It's... It, sh- it should be just staying in there, frozen in, uh, in well, space, you know? And and sure, they were hopping around like it was all Hollywood magic. And you can tell by the way the lighting is. There there are shadows on the ground, and they wouldn't... There, This, see, I, if I could pull it up on my phone, my service is shit in Tallahassee, but if I could pull it up on my phone, I would show you that the... That the um, all right, Johnny, I, I have something... Very important. We need to talk about more important than the fake yes. moon landing. Yes, Sarah. Soviet Russia beat us there with a monkey. I thought it was a dog. Yeah, <laughs> Never well, mind. I don't. That part, I'm a little. I haven't done my my research. You know, I do all my own research. That, so that makes don't sense. you cannot believe what the media tells you, Sarah. Well, speaking of the media. I think it's time that we come on your show and tell the truth. We're going to have we're going to have to fight soon. We need all hands on deck and I've already talked to Donnie and believe it or not, <laughs> he thinks that you need to meet with Don Sajic. I need you to be my mouthpiece cuz I don't want to meet with Don Sajic. <laughs> nobody's gonna believe oh god i've lost it you want me to be in a room with don sajak that son of a bitch (laughs) we need you to go on the news and tell the truth we need to get as many civilians out of gulakochka as we can anyone that's willing and able to fight has to i haven't spoken to don (laughs) <laughs> in decades Don Sajak killed my cat and fucked my dad whoa <laughs> the Jesus Christ that was dark. the disembodied voice is right <laughs> Don Sajak killed my cat and he fucked my dad <laughs> God damn it. and I will never forgive him and if you want me to be on the same show as that no good motherfucker. Dad fucker. Father fucker. <laughs> father finger fucker. Oh, oh no. no. What is the scene? Then you're out of your goddamn mind, Sarah. <laughs> Johnny, I will go on with you, man. I don't we, we have to. Do you have any idea how else to broadcast to the the city? Blue Blood was your mortal enemy, right, Sarah? You understand that? Don Sajak is not your mortal (laughs) enemy, my man. (laughs) For years, he's been putting me, putting me down, putting me in a ditch and treating me like a, a damn child ever since high school. He, he, bullied me and he, that's what he is he's a he's a damn bully don sajak and and i won't do it sarah johnny yeah this is our only chance you're our last hope johnny 
we really need you here, man. What'll it take? <laughs> I'm really debating whether... <laughs> Should I roll manipulate someone? Roll manipulate someone? <laughs> because I totally just made up this subplot on the, <laughs> on the side of my head. It'd be hysterical if you failed the roll and this whimsical bullshit ruined... <laughs> Ruin the saving of the end of the world. Why don't you? Why don't you? No, I have yeah, a minus you, one charm. So are you sure? What could go wrong? Roll manipulate. What could someone. go wrong? What could go wrong? It is a five. Can I help out? <laughs> I'll call her. Use your last luck. Use your last luck. Um, I will. I will not use my last. Luck. <laughs> yeah, I think that, and this doesn't necessarily mean that he cannot be convinced. But in this moment, he shuts down the conversation. He's he's just like he makes it very clear that he doesn't want to talk about Don Jack anymore. <laughs> his mortal enemy. Can we at least come on your show and and tell your fans yeah of course the meddlers are willing and ready to take up arms in defense of Gullicochica. well that's good i tried to get ray ray to come on the show a few weeks ago he wouldn't do it well that's ray ray <laughs> well <laughs> what do we do for the next five hours we're in the car well, I was right in the middle of telling you about how the shadows don't oh match up. God. And you can see a boom stand there in the corner. Again, I can't mm -hmm. get it to load on my phone. But see, there's a boom stand. Here, I'll draw a picture on this napkin. And a, there's a pic. <laughs> see, you can see a boom stand in the corner here. And uh, there's a ladder that was left on the set. See, it was. Hey, I got another question for you. What did Brittany say to you? Sarah, I can't, I can't breach Brittany's trust here. Oh my God. She swore me to secrecy. All right. Let's just get home. Vroom. Vroom. I'm going to turn the music up really loud so I don't have to listen to him talk about the moon landing, please. And it all goes back to the hollow earth. No. <laughs> Ray and Sarah. You return to the retreat late at night. You both pull into the parking lot at relatively the same time. Sarah, you've got a police car load full of various medieval weaponry, which Ray, Johnny, I can't even say the sentence without laughing, <laughs> which Ray, Johnny, and Calliope help you to carry into the infirmary. Before you get down to the basement, however, you can tell that something's off. At first, it's just a feeling. But then it's a vibration in the building. An unnerving humming that you can now feel down to your very bones. It isn't pain, it's more like an uncomfortable tickle, like being shocked by one of those fake sticks of gum. When you open the hatch, you look <laughs> down into a dimmer-than-usual version of your secret war room. It's as though the lights were dimmed by about half and replaced with green bulbs. You can tell that in a back corner, the desk light is on where Shakespeare scribbles away at his desk, but you can barely see him over the source of all this strange energy. At the center of the room, a square-shouldered shadow sits in one of the vintage swivel chairs. 
They seem to be simultaneously the source of the jade-colored glow, yet somehow backlit by it. The figure turns slowly towards you. The creak of the chair sounds removed from this place, as if you can hear it only through a phone speaker. And you see the dark silhouette of a suited man. The only distinguishable features are two ominous emerald green pinpoints where his eyes might be. Welcome back, everybody. I see you've brought weapons very good. Why you got it so scary down here, man? Things have changed. I am going to close the lighter and open the lighter and throw it onto the infirmary table. Ignis does not come out of the lighter. Uh, Ari? What? Are, Are you okay, man? Do I look okay, Sarah? This is a trick question. <laughs> no. No, you don't. And what what did you do to the lights down here? I think I'm going to inhale, and the lights are going to go more green, and then exhale, and the lights are going to return to normal infirmary lights. Are these those smart bulbs? Can I? I'm going to squeeze Ray's arm. To not talk about dumb shit right now. Uh, I'm gonna go get more of the stuff from the car. Yeah, Johnny, that's a good idea. Yeah, man, I think we need a moment. Hey, Calliope, you want to go help him? Are you good? Are you s- saying? Hey, I'm so good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, cool. Just call if you need me. Ari, what's wrong? Good fellow, cast the first stone. Him and Jack Frost, they took Ignis. Then Ignis is gone. What do you mean they took Ignis? They killed them! They killed Ignis in front of me. Good fellow. He's played his hand. We need to retaliate now. Sarah's just gonna, like, collapse into the nearest chair and look really sad. Ari. Hey. Come here, man. And Ray walks up to Ari to give him a hug. Oh god, I'm afraid. I'm afraid they're both gonna explode. (laughs) They're just both gonna explode. I think you can hug me just fine but I think I am cold to the touch like uncomfortably cold not like a dead body like a freezer yeah and that's your your weakness I think also I'll add that you feel this vibration like that's just pulsing through like you can just feel energy pulsing out of him even if you can only see it in small green wisps uh, but the closer you get to him, it's not like unbearable, but it is very uncomfortable. I appreciate the condolences, Raymond, but we need to move quickly. Hey, I've been with you through this, and I'm with you now. I'm not your enemy, and I think you need to take a minute 
to understand what you've lost. I know you know that word so well. We're with you. Ray Ray, I... Thank you. But I need you to understand that this is... This is not even my first war. I have lived lifetimes. And throughout all of that, throughout Loretta, throughout everything that has ever happened to me, Ignis has been there. Hey, man. I'm holding Ari, like, on the back of the neck. We can't replace Ignis. I get it. That's your love. That's your support. I'm never going to tell you that it's going to be okay. It'll never feel okay. There'll always be a part of you that you just... that you just don't have. You know the difference between those wars and this one? We love you too. And whatever you need from me, whatever you need from Sarah, you've got us. But I understand. You're understanding is appreciated and I apologize if death has sucked the honey from my breath but I will never pause I will never stand still till either death has closed my eyes or fortune has given me revenge alright I mean I, I know you want I know you need revenge but we we need time we, we, I mean, ask Billy. It's not even, we're not even ready yet. What would you say the ETA on that book is? I'm writing. We're gonna get to Goodfellow. We just, there's so many other things that we have to get in line or just more people will die. The longer we wait, the more people will die, Sarah. I'm not saying we wait like six months and chill, man. I'm saying it's like three days from now. Well, that brings me to my next point. Um, They're here. They're fucking here. They're about 20 miles up the road. Last I saw them. They are closer than that. I can feel them. Yeah, newsflash, I'm pretty sure they're everywhere. The hairs standing up on the back of my neck, I know Goodfellow is here. He's playing with us. He is not some paltry creature of the night like your father. Damn. He is near to a god. I mean, I didn't, I wasn't. This isn't a comparison, man. I know you have daddy issues, too. <laughs> Come on, man. Hey, Ari, can you... No, I cannot. That's done. We don't have to bring that up. Let's just focus on Goodfellow, all right? Agreed. We need to find a place to open this doorway to Atlantis. We need to lure Goodfellow there. And we need to kill him. What do we need to do to make that happen? 
Well, Billy's got to finish the spell. We have to decide on a place. Yeah, Bill, how you uh, how you doing with that? It's nearly done. <laughs> if it is all that urgent, you could, in theory, take it now. It's just a risky proposition. I am still working on the finer details of the story. It will be the last piece of our puzzle. I'll give you as much time of, as we have to spare. Just don't make it like a Romeo and Juliet situation. Oh my god. <laughs> that would be quite uh, quite the twist. I just really didn't think that one was that good. Okay. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like every time they call him Billy, his power gets a little weaker. <laughs> <laughs> he called him Bill. I call him Billy. I asked him if I could call him Billy, okay? He said yes. What's the name? Can Calliope come back down so I can ask her a question? <laughs> <laughs> can Calliope come out to play? I think Calliope is scared Good. of Ari. And I think that she didn't go back to the car to grab stuff. I think she stayed upstairs to listen and make sure that she didn't need to step in to help Sarah and Ray. Calliope, if you are done eavesdropping, please come down and speak with us. Oh, um, yeah, sorry. Uh, I was just making sure everything was all good between you three. Your entire civilization is on the line, Calliope, I understand. Yeah, exactly. You've been repairing the disc. To what end? The disc is... Good to go. I've just been, you know, regular maintenance and making sure everything's squeaky clean, you know? And we can use it as a catalyst. Yeah, see, mentioned that. Um, Excellent. This disc is Atlantis's rough. I don't know what that means. Yeah, what, what does that mean? It means we can use the disc. To summon Atlantis. Yeah, Ari summoned Shakespeare with his ruff, and he's going to summon Atlantis into whatever pocket that Seeb creates with the disc. Calliope, do you have a preference? Where? <laughs> Boys. <laughs> Where the door? <laughs> She's all made me laugh. <laughs> Where the doorway to Atlantis ends up? <sighs> um, Sarah, you know your world better than I do. I, it would be nice if it was in a place that wasn't, you know, shitty, super near to people. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> you know, little St. Anne's makes a whole lot of sense. I agree with Ray Ray. It's out of the way. It's. It is a good place for our final stand. There's already a portal there. It would aid in the summoning. Speaking of, where are Seeb and Merog? Um, I think they went looking for you. That's unfortunate. I also have a little bit of an update. That I feel like... Yeah, where the fuck were you? That I feel like might be a little... 
important. Yeah, you you skip town on us. Tell us. Um, excuse me, Sarah <laughs> and Ari. <laughs> Because you guys, you guys never do anything without me knowing, right? Well, I tried to call you and tell you what I wanted to do, and then you would use an answer. I got your stupid voicemail. He said BRB. And then he said, I text, um, BRB. I, I texted you. 24 hours later. I went to a family place. Oh, no. And I learned of some family things. Oh, no. Where is this going? I think Goodfellow's got Aunt Jenny. I thought she was dead. I was under the same impression that you finished her. Oh, yeah. And I tried beignets. They're delicious. Have you ever tried these before? Calliope. I also showed her Dark and Stormy's. They're a wonderful drink. Ooh. I had a talk with Mr. Bose. Oh, good. Good. He's a nice guy. <gasps> he shot me. You also ran him over, so... Yeah, I, I think he shot me over. twice, though. Am I wrong? He might have shot me twice. Well, Sarah, everyone's shot you twice at this point. <laughs> you know what? Hit me with a car, shoot me twice. It's uh, kind of one of those things. <laughs> the devil's in the details. Oh, shit. <laughs> High five, Ari. Yes, I'm sorry. I, I couldn't just outright kill my aunt. Well, I hope you're prepared to now. Yeah. At this rate, Ari, I'm ready to do whatever the fuck I need to do. But I had a good talk with Bose, and I think we'll be seeing him here in the near future. Oh, goody. And I think it's in the positive context. You know, believe it or not, he's from here just like we are. Very good work, Ray Ray. I am proud of you. I can't <laughs> tell if you're being sarcastic <laughs> or not. <laughs> I, I, I think we're glossing over, like, a huge thing here, and that is, what the hell has... What is this, Ari? I don't know what you mean. You're you're glowing and vibrating and <laughs> something happened when Jack Frost took Ignis from me. <sighs> what you see is manifestation of every ounce of rage in my body. I just can't contain it any longer it will help us i can promise you that you're still you though right hmm. <laughs> shakespeare kind of scoffs <laughs> we didn't know if that was calliope or shakespeare, <laughs> shakespeare. yeah i couldn't tell either like i i really wish steve was here because i i like are you okay 
I mean, I know you're not okay. Don't yell at me, please. I am the necessary parts of Ari to complete this task. We had come so far. None of that is needed here. There will be no quarter for Robin Goodfellow. I am done looking for forgiveness. And I'm done trying to be the hero, Sarah. Mm. There's nothing left. Nothing? I mean, you came back. Where would I go? Um, I think it's time to make a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm gonna go to bed. Um, <laughs> no, right? <laughs> Podcasting is the lowest form of art. <laughs> At least write on, a William. play or something. <laughs> gonna have to agree with Shakespeare on this one. Look, Donnie's working on how we're gonna get civilians out of Gullah Coach Cup, but we have to get as many people on our side for the spelled work and Johnny's dumbass put runes on his website and what? I'm sorry. We need, we need as many, many hands as we can get. I think we have to go on Johnny's podcast and tell them the truth. We have to rally up the troops of meddlers. I hate myself for saying it. And I mean, <sighs> Donnie said we should probably go on the actual news, too. But Don Sajak. Sarah, the sun is setting on the world as you know it. Do you want to be on a podcast? I mean, I don't want to be on the podcast. But we need help. Go and rally your troops, Sarah. I have to do it alone? God damn it. I will find Seeb and Merog and we will begin work on this ritual. Ray, you're the eloquent one. Will you please come on the show with me? He's a crocodile, not an elephant. <laughs> I, said, I, don't even, I hate that joke. You're not supposed to have jokes in this form. <laughs> yeah, you're you're not allowed to joke anymore. You're angry. <laughs> Ray is instantly wearing a sweater, leaning over Ari's shoulder, just very proud, like a family. No. <laughs> because I'm so cold. <laughs> He's also just purring, just... Mm, oh, God, mm. get him out of here. <laughs> Sarah, you want me to get on Johnny's podcast? You have a way with words, man. You can... Me? Me? I'm the one that has a way with words? I just watched you give a beautiful speech to Ari. Technically, I have minus one charm. Same, man. I think you all do. (laughs) You're the least charming group of monster hunters in the whole multiverse. I have a zero. Yeah, but you're a fucking dick. (laughs) I'm a minus one at heart. (sighs) 
Right. He doesn't get to talk shit about how I'm a fucking gator man, whatever the fuck he wants to call me. You don't even have to out yourself, man. I, You just go on as Ray. You're a pillar of this community. People will fucking listen to you. I'm just an unemployed deputy that rides a motorcycle. <laughs> well, first off, I told you to buy a car. You bought a motorcycle. Okay, so. okay, Ray. I could only afford the motorcycle, okay? No, you could afford the car. You thought the motorcycle Stars was cool. Expensive. Okay, decided. Okay. <laughs> God damn it. All right. We'll put the word out. Yeah. Whether people listen, that's up to them. I think it is now where you hear a thumping and you see Marog standing at the top of the stairs looking down. She finds you, Ari, with her eyes and she looks like she has something she doesn't want to tell you. Oh, God. And with that, I'm going to flash back a little bit. Oh, Jesus. It's the kind of cold where it doesn't matter what you're wearing. Not that any non-magical clothing really helps much at all against the elements of the wild. Still, Seeb pulls his leather coat tightly around him against the heavy wind and snow. He thinks to himself... Maybe I've spent too much time in the overgrown. Before catching another fleeting glimpse of Ari in the distance and letting adrenaline warm him enough to continue on. With each step the three of them take, a remarkable stillness seems just out of reach, as if they're being followed by some sort of snowstorm prison. Was he flying? It doesn't matter. We just have to get him. Major leads them on faithfully, his nose basically digging in the dirt for the scent. When the forest finally begins to show them signs that they aren't lost in some cruel circle of futility, they see buildings as well as spider webs thick enough that they might be able to hold a person. The two former agents quicken their pace, but then Major stops suddenly to growl at two figures that stand in the way. Both of them are wearing the plain, crisp suits of FAE agents. Neither of them are tall, but they're both imposing in their own way. Agent Crete and Agent Jill are ready to fight. They collide into a mosh pit of deaf maneuvers and hastily cast spells. Seeb parries his way to the other side of the duo, wielding an impressive mastery over his unique violet magic and his ritual knife. Making a break for the direction where he hopes to find Ari, he finally sees his lover. Just as he courses his magic into destroying a boss as well and then is sucked down into it. Before Seeb can process what is happening, he's struck from behind by Crete's horns, nearly breaking the old man's back. This fight isn't worth it now. He rolls to put distance between him and the satyr and quickly cuts a tear back to the overgrown, hoping to get back on Ari's trail. This time, however, frost-covered roots wrap his limbs and yank him backwards just to see Marog bested by Jill in the same moment. Major lunges to help, but he's overstayed his welcome and blinks back to the farm, which is the only place where he truly exists. Jill's eyes glow, and she traces runes in the air that activate and corrupt Seeb's tear. Slowly, and out of Merog's power to resist, she is sucked back into the overgrown. She looks as beat up as we've ever seen her, and she glances hopelessly 
and pleading to Seeb as she disappears into the veil. Crete signs to Seeb, I'm going to enjoy this. Before Jill hands him Marog's bag of sleep dust and he pours the entire thing into Seeb's face. Everything goes dark. Back at the retreat, Marog looks at you, Ari, and she says, Seeb, good fellow, has Seeb. And she collapses in a heap. God fucking damn it. infinite hallway has been closed. It took a year for an unlikely trio to manage to seal dozens of holes in the fabric of reality. But I can see the threads of fate. I know there is more in store for them in this world and in another. I see Kira Ashwood, the journalist who still bears the scars from her cult days, rising in great and terrible power. I see the supernatural social outcast, Mark Clayton, his abilities expanding and evolving, growing without limit, without explanation. I see the one they've yet to meet, a sorceress from between worlds, yet drawn to power and burdened by legacy. I see the extra-normal investigator, Casey Davis, but for the moment, I am one of the few who does. I can see what's next. I can see it all unfolding, each chosen path. How does it end? <laughs> Even I don't know for sure. Join us on the Monsters Playbook. Hello, and welcome to Shrimp and Crits. This is your keeper, Ian, here, and I want to thank you for listening. I also want to talk about the words of the mouths, because when they refer to our show, they help our show reach more ears, and we really do appreciate that. Uh, it goes a long way. Um, so thank you for talking about us to your friends. I want to thank some new patrons. We have, I'm not sure if this is Dracon or Dreacon or Dreacon. Uh, either way, thank you for joining our Patreon. Uh, I also want to thank Damien and Maya. Welcome, everyone. Uh, the past few weeks, our Discord has really gained a lot more activity. So if you haven't popped in there in a while, you should come say hi. We'd love to speak with you. Also, we are fully in production. We're, in fact, we're recording on Tuesday, the first episode of Tallahassee Nights, the Patreon-exclusive spinoff show where we go back in time and see what Tallahassee was like before the Gullicochica Hunters got involved. That'll be super, super fun. I'm, God, I'm so excited. We're playing Urban Shadows, I should mention. It's a super fun game that I've been looking forward to running for a long time. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, and lots of other stuff at Shrimp and Crits. Uh, if you haven't already, please rate and review us on the podcatcher of your choice. 
You can still send postcards. I haven't mentioned this in a while. You can still send me a postcard at P.O. Box 60934. Uh, that's Nashville, Tennessee, zip code 37206. If you send a postcard to that address, I will first of all read it and love it. And I will second of all send you one of our beautiful Gullicochica postcards. And I'll write it in character if you put what your favorite character is. Uh, or you can put one of the hunters and they'll send you one. Make sure you put your return addresses if you want a postcard back. We are, of course, a bi-weekly show on Mondays. Our next episode will be a Lost in the Wild. It will be out February 6th, and then our finale will officially begin two weeks after that. So stay tuned. We will see you next time. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye now. Any ability for rational thought here is overtaken by the apotheosis. Your instinct screams out for you to summon Seeb right here, right now. Callousness is tempting you to act without hesitation for the collateral damage your heightened powers could cause here. Is there a way that I could read a bad situation on a spell without going against my temptations? Yeah, yeah, no, Seeb is... Missing, and that is uh, a bad situation, so I, I would you agree. may read it. Right, well, that's 11 on the dice, plus 2 is 13. Yeah, that's uh, hold 3, I believe. That'll do it. Let's just get it out of the way. What is the best way to protect the victim of uh, being Seeb? Best way to protect Seeb is to uh, get him here in any way you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the biggest threat of summoning Seed into this location? I think you can tell with the way your apotheosis is activated and your emotional state that if you summon Seed here, the power of your magic will cause damage to the area. I don't think you can tell exactly how much. Like, maybe it'll just move some shit around, knock some tables over. Uh, but again, to circle back to how can I protect the vic victims, uh, Marog looks pretty bad, so you can only imagine what Seeb looks like right now. And the more time you waste, the worse off he may be. So to use my third question, I want to ask a question I've already asked, but with a different victim. What's my best way to protect the victims being the people in this building and the building itself? Is there anything I can do to lessen the damage to the building and still do the spell. Resist the temptation and end your apotheosis. Not going to do that. But yeah, the temptation is calling you right now. Waste no time. Fucking do it. Yep. I don't give a shit about anything else. You're right. I don't give a shit about anything. I am going to put his katana, katana on the infirmary table uh, and hold my hands out as a green runic summoning circle just extends from me and surrounds the katana. And I am going to summon Seep Date. Okay, roll use magic. Hold on to your butts. What, uh, what are you doing? Just stand back. I mean, all right. I'm just, just trying to 
figure out what's going on here. Uh, that is four on the dice plus four is eight. Ooh. I don't think this is a help out situation I can do. <laughs> Probably not. What's your glitch? Well, my glitch won't affect me, so that's fun, right? No, is that only on failures? I don't remember how to play this fucking game. <laughs> no, it, it won't affect you. I, I gotta say that the magic draws immediate unwelcome detention. Yeah, totally fair. So that makes sense. <laughs> here's what happens. Runes around you glow as the language of the Fae comes together and creates a summoning circle uh, out of thin air without anything being written or drawn. Uh, your pure primal from within you magic just projects these runes where they need to be and um a light ignites in the center of this circle where you've placed the katana and i think that you see a hand uh a, a, a withered hand um um a a wounded even hand reach out from this light Ray Ray, grab him! See, hold on! Oh, God. Uh, oh, fuck, I hate this. I'll grab him. <laughs> I grab Ray's hand. I'm grabbing Ray's hand on his arm, like, trying to hold him back. I think even, not Shakespeare, certainly, but Merog <laughs> joins in and grabs the daisy chain of people here. And you pull seed from this brilliant, uh, this luminous green flare. This widens the opening, so to speak. And Ari, you are just sent kind of, you're not like shot back like a cannon, but I think you're just blown back just a little bit by the power of this thing. And you see, but from behind Seeb, good fellow. And he is just chuckling to himself. And by his side, he has... Agent Crete, who is in an FAE suit. The building, by the way, is shaking. There is dust falling from the ceiling, maybe even small cracks appearing as this structure is just vibrating and Seeb is being just slowly pulled from the wild until finally he is released and the three that are pulling him just fly backwards as Seeb falls to the ground and uh, looks up at you. Can I sign something to Crete and then close the summoning circle? Yes. You were just a pawn to good fellow. You mean nothing to him. And then I'm going to close the summoning circle. Seed looks up at you and he's, he says, oh, I'm sorry, Ari. You have nothing to apologize for, Seed. I'm going to hand him his katana and then help him up and get everybody else up is the building okay yeah is is it our building or was it the building that he came from no it was our building where's the switch i'm right here (laughs) shut the fuck up that was a horrible joke very well done (laughs) thank you it took so long for Either one of you, whoever wants to take the lead on a um, read a bad situation. Maybe Ray, since it's his retreat and uh, he hasn't rolled yet. Yeah, I think I'm busy with Seed, so that makes sense. Dope. 
That is a 10. <laughs> awesome. A whole three. God, I never read bad situation. These are all weird. I don't know how to word any of these to how is the switch. <laughs> are there any dangers we haven't noticed? Uh, yeah, or, I guess I'll start with that one. Are there any dangers we haven't noticed? I mean, I, yeah, you don't have to ask one of these questions to find the switch. It's in its place. You're, it's The switch is fine, um, but you're looking around at the structural damage. I think the building's mostly fine. There's clear signs of this powerful magic kind of coursing through the building. Uh, cracks in the ceiling where it might not have been. Stuff that Rooster might need to look into shoring up and uh, strengthening uh, joints and whatnot. I don't know. I don't build stuff, so (laughs) don't at me. But the danger you haven't noticed, you are looking around and you're just examining where these uh, markings are in the ceiling. And you go back into the barracks room and where the summoning circle was, where the hole was... There's a green glint just floating there in the air. It's tough to see unless you get it at the right angle, but um, something about this magic is still present. Okay. What's most vulnerable to me? Um, I think that... Maybe you approach it to get a better look. I think that if you wave your hand near it, it reacts to you. Um, It seems to have an awareness of you, just the latent maybe illusion. It's not exactly clear what this is, but it does seem to be vulnerable to you in the sense that you can affect it in some way. Uh, what's the best way to protect the victims? Um, that's a good question. I think probably just because it's unknown to you, I think it gives you an uneasy feeling. Like you get the sense, like you should stay away from this. You should get your friends away from this. Uh, anybody else? Any, anybody else see this? It doesn't look like a wisp, does it? Uh, no, no, it's if if Ray points it out to you, I think you would characterize it more as uh, if a tear is a passage you make out of thin air, uh, this looks like a scar to you. It's just a remnant of the magic, Ray Ray, nothing to be concerned with. I'm concerned. <laughs> We have more pressing things to be concerned with. This feels like a hole into this infirmary. The infirmary is protected. Is there any way you can get rid of it? Probably. (laughs) What? Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but what day is it? How much time do we have they're here and you see that Sieb has a black eye and kind of a swollen place on his chin does Sieb see that i am pouring magical energy out of me and my eyes are bright green yes yeah he definitely does and casts a strange glance your way um but i think that he's concerned especially after ray says they're here he says 
we don't have much time then. And you can kind of tell he's, it pains him to even speak. Can I try to heal, Seeb? Yeah, of course. Be careful. Ari, she's just trying to help. What's... What is this? What's up with you? Good fellow took Ignis from me. And I have become something else in retaliation. I'm so sorry. I have become the tool needed to kill Goodfellow. I mean, Seep can be very serious and grim at times, but I think even he is disturbed with your focus. But I'm not sure that he says anything more. Sarah, why don't you go ahead and roll your lay on hands? It's an eight, so I take it into myself. I think you take three harm. This golden shimmer pulses from your hands, and it wraps up Seeb in the holy light of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And <laughs> Amen. It's old. It's old. Amen. <laughs> Amen. A man. (laughs) And then it returns to your body and you feel a soreness in your jaw and um, an ache behind your eye and uh, bruises perhaps all over your body. Uh, And you have to take three harm here. Damn. But you did a good thing for a good man. (laughs) They fucked you up, man. Now I'm fucked up. Now we're all going to die. I'm going to die too. Given his conversation with you the day before or whatever whatever it was i think it's not lost on him that you use this like previously a devil power to heal him in this way i think he's he looks at you very grateful says thank you sarah i'll pick him up like a baby (laughs) not like a baby but i am i imagine he's been laying on the ground i will pick him up off the ground I think Ari said he helped him up already. Did certainly. Okay. So you just picked him up like a baby. <laughs> so yes, I will pick him. You burp him. You could pick him up even higher. <laughs> I, I will pick him up over my head. <laughs> that for two more harm. I've never felt He's more here. safe in my entire life. <laughs> oh, do I only take one harm? Does my buckler help me or not with my lion? Sarah, actually, I think that your shield does absorb one of these harms. I think that's a cool thing. Maybe part of this shield's ability is to absorb some of the harm that you take into yourself when you lay on hands. That's very cool. I kiss it. (laughs) Oh, then it gives that harm right back. Just gives it right back. It hates that. In the arms of Zona. Nice. <laughs> she just took my joke. <laughs> uh, if we are taking a moment, I too need to heal myself. Uh, sure. Roll. This might sting. Oh, that's good. That's uh, that's eleven on the dice. Plus four is uh fifteen. Uh, what I had wounds from Jack Frost, so I think it's just yeah. like the runic scars just glow and his fingers fit back into place and the. Frostbite on him turns back to normal. Yeah, yeah, but I think that your your skin is stained uh, this dark green where your frostbite was. Would one of y'all mind stabbing me real quick so I can heal up too? 
We're about to go into another arc, and you're all going to start with full health. I actually have full health. I don't. I, I just wanted to make a goof. <laughs> I I have no harm. So we have Calliope, Johnny, Ray Ray, Ari, Sarah, Shakespeare, Seeb, Merog in the room. Rooster? Question mark. Yes, it is quite crowded, and I'm trying to work on this chronicle. Hey, Bill, I need you to. You're at an eleven right now, man. It's it's been a real long day. I need you to get at about a seven. You need to get to a seven, my guy. There's an oubliette over there. It's very quiet. He looks at you, Ray, and he looks at you, Sarah, and he picks up his book and uh, marches towards the oubliette, <laughs> slams the door behind him. <laughs> Harumph. It's where Ari records ASMR. <laughs> it's very quiet in there. Please don't unplug any of my wires. <laughs> They don't work in there anyway. The levels are perfect. Oh, and this is how we canonically record our April Fool's Day <laughs> ASMR where Shakespeare, Shakespeare does it. Shakespeare reads WAP. <laughs> Park that Big Mac truck right in its little garage. Oh, I like that. I don't cook, I don't clean, but let me show you how I got this ring. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's, it writes itself. You're right. You're right. Um, it's happening. Ray, can I talk to you for a minute? Yeah. Like privately, obviously. <laughs> Let's step out for the a fucking second. twelve people in the room. Yeah. <laughs> Look at you. <sighs> okay, where where are we stepping to? Please let's go outside. I need air. Okay. I think Seeb goes off to talk to Ari about the spell. Yeah, we go to the barracks. Ray, you're going to have to talk to Johnny. You have to convince him to go on the news. (laughs) What? Apparently Don Sajak is his mortal enemy, and I didn't fucking know. You went to high school with them. You, I'm assuming you know this shit, but I've never heard this. Now, why the fuck do you assume I went to high school with them? You're old. I don't fucking know. I mean, I did. I just don't appreciate that you I, assumed I mean, I that. grew up here. I'd know that you went to high school with them. All right, go on. <laughs> Apparently, they're they're enemies, and I I tried to convince him but he's gonna have to alright Sarah hold on I get it Ray picks up his phone and it's already ringing dialing Johnny Johnny's there oh is Johnny here yeah, as we've talked about this that's why I brought you out <laughs> oh, there, okay. I don't want to talk in front of him sorry I've... it's been such a long day Ray are you calling me Sarah and I went to Tallahassee together to check out the secret headquarters of the Order of the Quartz Cross, where there's an entire arsenal. Check out this fucking these fucking nunchucks, man. What the fuck's he talking about? I'm talking about nunchucks, brother. <laughs> check these shits out, man. I got some throwing stars. I got a cross. Look at this. I'm like a holy warrior about to fight the creatures of the night. You went to fucking New Orleans, and I went to Tallahassee. I mean, that's fine. You're allowed to go wherever you want. I'm just trying to have a conversation here, and that's fine. And I'm trying to have a conversation about nunchucks. 
I'll fucking break those if you don't stop. I'll break them. You know I will. Uh, I don't. I mean, I think they're made of mag- magic materials. I don't think you could break them. <laughs> I'm made of magic materials. Let's not find out. Please don't break my nunchucks, Mr. Gator Man. <laughs> <laughs> you shut that shit up, too. All right. I agree with Sarah. We need to get on the news. I told Sarah, ever since what Don did to me all those years ago, I don't think I could ever forgive him. I don't think I could ever look him in the eye. Johnny, we were 16. We were 16 and you just had a booger in your nose. <laughs> I was uh, the doctor. I had a, a condition and it wasn't fair of him to point it out in front of But also, girl. I can't tell you how many times you show up to high school with no pants on. We never talked about that one. <laughs> I believed back then what I believe now. Pants are how they control us, Ray. It's how they 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 Johnny keep us constrained. It's like a collar around my neck. Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> the fate of this world depends on you getting over this stupid, petty high school bullshit. We need to talk to Don. We need to get everyone involved. And we need to save this town. Why don't you roll manipulate someone plus charm? <laughs> That's unfortunate. <laughs> God, please roll well. Oh, please. Please roll well. You could borrow fervor and threaten him a little bit. Don't threaten Johnny. Maybe you're threatening him with the end of the world. Mm. Mm. I could help out if I have to. Uh, I could threaten him with the end of the world. I would like to borrow fervor. What a great idea you had, Anadi. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> what do you, uh, maybe spin what you said in a more threatening manner? Johnny, you will have no nunchucks. You will have no J. You will have no house. You will have no nothing. No creepy-ass, weird basement. Nothing. No podcast. No podcast. (gasps) There won't be any podcasts. (laughs) Ever. If we cannot figure this out, and we need your help to figure this out. Roll manipulate. Roll plus tough. Well, I actually rolled 10 on the dice plus 2, so that's a 12. Dang. Fuck yeah. (laughs) Fuck yeah. They'll do it for the reason you gave them, so... Here's what happens. Ray Ray, you're right. I think it's finally time to tell the people of Gullicochica the truth about what's been lurking in the shadows for all this time. You ain't talking about me, right? No, your secrets are your own. There's bigger stuff to tell now. Johnny, we have to. This has to be no nonsense. We 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 talk about the truth as in the end of the world, and that's it. Do you understand? If there's one way I would describe myself, it would be no nonsense, Sarah. Mm-hmm. I have no nonsense to speak. <laughs> Only light. <laughs> Only truth. <laughs> Only the facts that matter. Media men like Don have been hiding all these years, but you know what? It's fine. All right. Well, that's good, Johnny. Let's go. I wasn't. 
Oh, all right, I'll save it for the show. I'll start riding my. Right. Yeah, yeah. You need to. You ride that high. You you save all that for the big show. But what should we tell the civilians, Sarah? If you want my meddlers and uh, the people of Gullicochica to rise up and 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 fight, or or even to flee if they're not able, if they're um, if they'd rather not stick around for some war, uh, then I know it sounds cliche coming from me, but it's, it's gotta be you. It's gotta be the three of you on the show giving the truth to the people of Gullicochica. You can't ask them to fight for you if they don't know what led up to this. I don't think there's a chance in the world that you're gonna get that Ari to do this. If he won't do it, then the two of you will be fine, but I mean, yeah, he's intense. He's kind of scary right now, but he's got to do this as I understand it. I was kind of listening in a little bit. Um, He's got to do this big spell. He's got a lot he needs help with. Um, I'm sure he would relish at the opportunity to get on the air and Say, like, hurry, quickly, uh, no nonsense, or anything out of the ordinary, right this way. Uh, <coughs> I'm Agent Ari Green with a blah, 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 you know, that kind of thing. Excuse me. Is that one of his lines, too? <laughs> Wasn't that one of his lines? Uh, um, the better part of discretion is Versace or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> Johnny, call Don. of the darkness and into the light. I'm Johnny Metters, and I have turned over every mossy rock to uncover every secret I could possibly find. Today might be the most important day of all of our lives. Welcome to the final episode of Monsters, Mysteries, and Meddling into the Missing Molten Mass in the Middle with Metters, an exclusive simulcast on Gullicochica Action News. I'm here with my former vile enemy and dubious local news anchor, Don Sajak, as well as a few other very special guests, because sometimes, to get the truth in its purest form, you need to hear it from many different perspectives. Let me start from the beginning. In late spring, before I met any of these folks, I was just starting to, uh, well, visit the Golden Gull on St. Anne Island, because I had a little crush on the most handsome bartender there. Anyway, in my, in my frequent visits, I would occasionally notice a strange artifact wash up on the shore and then get dragged back into the ocean by some misshapen mass. I began tracking it obsessively, as I do everything. Logging the times and locations of when it would wash up, and I was eventually able to predict where it would wash up next, even racking up a trespassing charge in the plantation along the way. When I finally caught up to what we now call the disc, the situation was dire. The misshapen figure killed poor dump truck. I snagged its artifact and managed to get away. We now know that the disc was somewhat of a machine sent by another world to scout out their reappearance uh, Johnny, in this let's 
let's let's make sure we take it slow here. Uh, hey, hey, y'all, Sheriff Donnie Terrence here. Uh, that, that's the first big thing we have to tell you. Uh, a whole lot of what I've been calling shark attacks in the papers and whatnot have have actually been stuff that I just didn't want you to know about. So, so there. Uh, good job, Johnny Matters. You were right. There was some horrible stuff going on that I didn't want the people of Gullicocha to know. But quite frankly, I don't think they wanted to know. Well, it's time they know, Donnie. This is when the three people that you're about to hear from come into play. They tracked the disc back to my house where I was keeping it and came up with a plan to lure the creature into the old abandoned paper mill and destroy it once and for all. They are certified heroes, fighters of the creatures of the night, defenders of truth and of justice and of your safety, even when you don't know it. I'm going to turn it over to them now. Go on, Sarah. Yeah, am I I too far? Is this okay? It's fine. Sarah, you you sound fine. Just... Okay. Speak from the heart. Um... I'm Sarah Payne. Some of you might know me as a former deputy. Um, now I'm kind of a freelance monster hunter. Sarah taught me everything I know. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt. Go on. <laughs> so it's a long story. <laughs> it's a very long story. So. There was seismic activity in Tate's hell, and it turns out it was giants. Okay? (laughs) And then there was a missing giant girl, and we had to find her. And in that process, we found a swamp ape, which is exactly as terrible as it sounds. (laughs) Smells real bad. And apparently, he was stealing brains I still don't quite understand but he was stealing brains um and controlling I said controlling really weird controlling a lot of um wildlife with these weird things I'm not a scientist but basically he had built this lab in the middle of the swamp um, to search for uh, the disc that our friend Johnny here um, stalked for a while and then stole, um, which is where our story begins. Um, <laughs> just, can you edit that out, Johnny? Don't, uh, don't. <laughs> no, Sarah, we're live. Um, we didn't find that out, though, because um, we fucked up. And the whole building collapsed and we were very naive then. So we thought, you know, maybe the swamp ape died in there. But guess what? He didn't. He was still alive. He was still doing whatever the fuck swamp apes do. Um, um, and then after all that, some weird shit started happening. Some of, some of you may have seen a dead Sioux at Golden Gull. That was apparently another construct of this disc. So um, we ended up on Little St. Anne's fighting what you would call a siren. Exactly what you would think a siren would be. 
um, sings real pretty and, and mind controls you and sucks you in. But we were able to handle that too. Oh, and then we went to the wild together. And for you listeners out there, that's W-Y-L-D. They call us the overgrown. They're the wild. Um, it's like this special made-up land, but it's not made up. It's real. <laughs> Maybe Ari will explain the wild more, but we went there for the first time because, well, Ari kind of just disappeared on us, but also because we had to go to arrest Zegnar um, because basically he... Oh, Zegnar's the giant whose daughter was lost. Um, we had to go try to find him to arrest him because it was his fault that the swamp ape was murdering random innocent humans. Hope none of those were your relatives. Because <laughs> we kind of glossed over that. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, that big fire that happened in Tate's Hell. Well, that was actually um, our friend Seeb um, and the devil of Tate's Hell. Yep, that's real, too. I kind of signed a deal with the devil to save my friends. <laughs> it's fine. I'm fine now. And we kept him. We'll get to that, but we kept him from taking over the fucking world. Um, oh, are we allowed to cuss? Don Sajak here. I mean, we are live on uh, the news, but given the circumstances, I suppose uh, just keep it to a minimum in case any <laughs> little children are listening. <laughs> uh, so sorry, Don. We're still working out the kinks with this whole, um, you know, stream thing. Simul stream cast. Dreamcast. Do, do you want this to be streamed into people's dreams? Because I could probably, I could oh, probably no. make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean Dreamcast is taken already? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the, uh, that's about the time that I got fired um, from the police department um i guess that makes sense it was for the best sarah be honest okay and then donnie gave me a job under the table uh don't tell the irs okay <laughs> sarah my god <laughs> we can edit that out right <laughs> Uh, well, we are live. Nobody heard that. Nobody in Golakochka pays their taxes. Okay, anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, so we ended up in Tallahassee um, because my dad was um, a vampire lord. <laughs> it's actually not the reason we ended up in Tallahassee the first time, but I figured I would just be the one to say it. But while there, we learned about a drug called wild bites and that's you know the magical wild apparently tallahassee has been <laughs> overtaken by these drugs um they turn you into sheep and i don't mean like in a fun way like i mean <laughs> like a literal sheep um you turn blue you get really sweaty and oily 
slippery like a fish. You can grow a duck bill. I did that once. Um, that sounds kind of fun. No, <laughs> but we kept them out of Golakochka, so you were welcome. Oh my god. <laughs> Gaslight the town. Do it. <laughs> got got them out. Oh, sorry. I'm, I'll I'll get back. <laughs> no, it's your turn. I don't know how to segue. All right, Sarah. That was uh, real good. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. I guess. Yeah, that was good. Hey, hey, y'all, y'all, uh, y'all know me. So. Ray Ray, I was born and raised in this town, and I've never quite experienced anything here like we have in the past year until recently. You know, I'm no stranger to critters, but this this has been different. Ugh. You know what, fuck it. And Ray will transform. Ray Ray You're the You're the You are the Don But if If you're the It's hey It's just me It's Ray Somebody catch him uh, okay, I'm okay. Hey, you know, I'm okay. Mama was like this too, and technically, Mama's the gold coach of Gator Man. Donnie, why don't you sit down and I'll I'll get you a glass of water and rake, and you've got to talk to the people. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Look. Okay, y'all. We've always had the. The tales of the, you know, the great, the great Gator Man. Well, actually, it wasn't the great Gator Man. Y'all were kind of, kind of dicks about it. Uh, again, the children. Oh, oh, oh dire yeah. times and all. I get it, but. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, dang. Sorry. <laughs> My producers are looking at me funny. I am Raymond Larue. My mother was Loretta Larue. We were, and are, the Gator Man. Also, we're more of crocodiles, if you would pay closer attention to our snout. I did always think that. Thank you. Thank you, Don. But it's all about what's marketable terminology for the people. Yeah, Golokochka Gator Man just, you know, rolls off the tongue. (laughs) I know this can hurt business. We've never done anyone harm. We just want to live in this town just like everybody else, and everybody else is going through the ringer right now. I'm doing my I'm doing my best to protect this place. This is my home. Mama did her best to protect this place. I'll tell you, uh, there were attacks on some individuals by what people believe to be the Gator Man. Uh that was my Aunt Genevieve. She is a very hateful hateful woman long story short i'm not trying to take everyone's time but that was not me that was not mama obviously 
Um, Genevieve has always been very upset over some legality issues with the retreat. Anyone who knows me knows I don't have a hurtful bone in my body. And also, you know, full transparency, that was one of them times when I, I said that uh, it was a shark attack when it wasn't. So, yeah, just sorry. Sorry to interrupt. Thank, thank you, Donnie. You know, I don't care if this keeps people from the retreat, if this makes people funny towards me. I don't know how to explain who I am or what I am. But y'all know that I care about this town. I always have, despite my differences. Um, and I'm going to stand by it in the upcoming storm that we're facing. I also have an explanation for the hurricane that came out of nowhere. Uh, if anyone sees any of those dumbass... Oh, I'm sorry, Don. Uh, it, it's fine. Um, I don't think my ratings have ever been better than the Gullicochica Gatorman revealing himself here on the program. Continue. <laughs> uh, if you see any of those pamphlets for the Sky Song, know that they're all idiots from Ohio who have never actually experienced a hurricane and summon said hurricane. Um, along with a lot of a, a lot of these shark attacks that we've mentioned came with that territory. Yeah, I might have said something back then about a Sharknado. Obviously, there weren't no Sharknado. Uh, it was, there was kind of a Sharknado, but, um... Excuse me? <laughs> they summoned the storm. A lot of people got sick. This was all due to this... Yeah, I'll call it like I see it. It's a cult. But that has also been dealt with. Uh, there, there was an organization known as Gear, dedicated to finding creatures like me. Which there are. There's a lot of unexplained things in this world. They were doing horrible, horrible things to beings that genuinely didn't deserve it. Uh, they were called Gear. So if you hear anything about anyone from an agency called Gear, turn them into the authorities. Because they are evil, evil people. And for reference, around here, still me. I'm still the authorities. Thank you. Sorry, Ray. Uh, thank, thank you, Donnie. You know, after we dealt with Gear, I met a good friend of mine, Alti. She's a wonderful, wonderful woman. She's a great mother. Some of you may know her as a sea creature, but she's way more than that to me. She's, she's incredible. And we all are. I had to fight tooth and nail to protect. We now know her as Lil Alma. It's Alti's baby, uh, she's, which she's great. They're both great. Gear ended up chasing me off a bridge, but I I managed to protect her. And then I ended up in Ari's brain somehow. It was it was a whole ordeal. Yeah, it was real cold in there. Um there learned a lot of things we needed to learn and didn't want to learn, but that's a tale for another time. Um also Tallahassee's been a whole ordeal. Everyone needs to be weary no matter what, 
going to Tallahassee. Don't go to Sears. They're definitely close. <laughs> I believe Miss Sarah's here to tell you vampires are real. Uh, we all knew Danny. And sometimes good people get taken over by dumb things. So all this brings me to my dear friend, uh, a good friend I met recently. Uh, her name's Calliope. Calliope helped show me where I'm from. It sounds crazy to say, but there's there are other planes of existence in other worlds that aren't ours, that are still just trying to fight for survival. And where I come from is also where Calliope comes from, which is, I mean, it, it's, it's a world in the sea. You could maybe say, like, uh, I don't know, an Atlantis kind of situation. It's Atlantis. She, you know, Calliope's from Atlantis. But right now, her people, my people, are ready to help fight this war we have coming to make sure we all have a home. And we just want to make sure that you're all ready to. That's what I have to say. Um, this is my friend Ari, and he knows a whole lot more about this than I do. Not only are there far too many bodies cramped into Johnny's hidden podcast basement, but the potential end of days is rapidly approaching, so I will keep this brief. My name is Ari Green, formerly an overgrown-facing agent of the Foreign Anomaly Enforcement. A militant bureaucratic division of a far-reaching magical government agency that presides in a world called the Wild. A world on a parallel plane of your own. In, in fact, your world is one of many offshoots stemming from the initial seed that is the Wild. But from where my friend Ray Ray left off... Soon after that, Sarah melted a man on the front porch of Bill and Maeve Segura's house. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't melt a man. Yeah. Yeah, Sarah, I thought you had told me that you didn't melt that guy and that that was a, a th a one of these types of things. I didn't. He's just a wet seal. He did that himself. Uh, he, he was a naturally wet man. <laughs> wet seals melt themselves. This man was a selkie. selkie, thank you, a selkie from the wild, um, who turned out to be trying to kidnap Maeve. I was admittedly in and out of consciousness a lot during this period, but I do remember sending the selkies back to the wild before they could cause any more damage. This enraged my... Previous employer, now nemesis, Robin Goodfellow. And as I was trying to make contact with the Arbiter of Dreams, I, I fell into one of Goodfellow's over-elaborate traps. You may recognize Robin Goodfellow from perhaps your 10th grade literature class. Um, he is what we call the Chronicled. These are your... 
your storied characters, your Jacks, your Jills, they exist in the wild, undying. While I was away, Sarah single-handedly burned down the lighthouse and Ray Ray burned down a nearby gear facility, which he spoke of, letting all sorts of creatures native to the overgrown, the wild, otherwhere, and potentially even hell. You really shouldn't tell people I burned down the lighthouse. Yeah, but people really like that lighthouse. I didn't burn it down. You were not in control of your self at that time. We then realized you were possessed by the devil of Tate's Hell, a very real and very evil creature residing here in Galakotchika. We then exorcised this devil from your Sarah Payne as it was potentially trying to cause an entirely separate apocalypse. It was then that Atlantis had finished tethering itself to our world, the Overgrown. This meant that soon Golokochika would sink into the ocean. It was then I went to Atlantis and hand in hand with the Omni, we connected to a world mind, so to speak, and together gazed into visions of all potential futures. It was this that convinced Atlantis to work with us instead of against us. I now intend to make the potential future where all worlds remain intact a reality. Atlantis will fight with us. And using our combined forces between Atlantis, the creatures that Ray Ray has given a new home, and you, the people of Golokotchika, will help us prevent Robin Goodfellow from enacting his plan. I wouldn't refer to them as creatures. Uh, Carlita's really good at karaoke, and um, Kev actually has a real big passion for painting. But no, Barb is definitely a creature. She terrifies me. I will be creating a home for Atlantis that is peacefully tethered to our world. In order to do this, I need immense power. Any of you who can draw runes or have any magical capabilities whatsoever must help us. The rest of you can stay and fight for Golokotchika, or you can flee. But you should know that no matter how far you run, if we fail, this whole world will be torn asunder and thrown into an endless void of chaos. How was that, Johnny? Uh, great. Very good. Uh, thank you, Ari. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Ray. <sighs> Look, Golokochika. I know you. I know... The way you don't like to hear the kinds of things that people like us say. The way you are willing to ignore stuff you don't understand. But let me break this thing down into terms that you can. The wild, or at least the people that control it, hate Atlantis. And Atlantis wishes us no harm. 
But they're going to fight. And for whatever reason, they're going to fight here. And if we don't do anything about it, Gullicochica, this whole world might become collateral damage. It's time. It's it's time no one sits out. Everyone has to make a decision of what they are going to do when the weight of the world is in balance. I know what I'm going to do, Gullicochica. I'm going to do everything I can to help. Even if, historically, I can't really do all that much. I would also like to thank Jay for the wonderful charcuterie. <laughs> yeah, hey, 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 Jay, this is, this is incredible. Hey, uh, hey, yeah, yeah, um, I don't like to be on, on Johnny's, on John's show, but, um, if we survive this and, uh, anyone wants to have a drink, uh, we're gonna have a, probably a big party at the goal, at the goal, so. I'll be at the back bar slinging them like I always do. All right. Thanks. Yep. Bye. This has been Don Sajak with the Gullicochka Action News. And quite frankly, I am still processing a lot of what we just heard. But our sheriff has assured me that this is the truth. As the voice of the people, I have to urge you to take this broadcast seriously. If you wish to evacuate, please contact Sheriff Donnie Terrence's office for assistance on how to do so safely. If you wish to assist, please access the materials on Johnny Metter's website, www.fondofmelobster.com, and let the heroes of Gullicochica put you to work. Stay calm and don't panic. We only have a few days to prepare. This is it, folks. The largest storm that's ever hit our shores. And as usual, we will weather it with grace. This is the War of the Worlds. Stay safe, Gullicochka. Don Sajak, out. That being said, <laughs> that being sad, <laughs> that being sad, yeah, everybody gets sad. I'm already sad.